looking to reach your full potential and achieve and success, success in business, in business and, in life? and in life? But only tried and tested guidance from people who have truly made an impact? You have come to the right place. Welcome to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. New York Times best-selling author Dan Shabell distills the most actionable and tangible advice from a variety of world-class humans, including entrepreneurs, authors, Olympians, politicians, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, TED speakers, celebrities, astronauts, and more. Inspirational guidance, practical advice, and concrete solutions. Our Power Chat starts now. Welcome to the 29th episode of Five Questions with Dan Shabell. As your host, my goal is to create the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is actress, political activist, and podcast host Alyssa Milano. Born in Brooklyn, New York to a fashion designer mom and film music editor dad, she began her career at the age of seven when she auditioned for the national touring company of Annie. She was selected from over 1,500 other girls for one of the top parts. During the tour, her and her mother were on the road for 18 months. Then, when they returned, Alyssa appeared in several television commercials, off-Broadway shows, and eventually landed an agent. Milano made her film debut in the coming-of-age drama Old Enough, which won first prize at the Sundance Film Festival, then had her big break as Tony Danza's daughter on the sitcom Who's the Boss? Since then, she's had other famous roles, including on Melrose Place, Charmed, Wet Hot American Summer 10 Years Later, and her latest, Netflix's Insatiable. Her latest project is her podcast called Sorry Not Sorry, where she tackles social, political, and cultural issues as she speaks to key figures. How did your family influence and support your early career? My family was actually totally unsupportive of my career starting out, which I think is why I'm somewhat of a normal human being because I didn't have stage parents. I had parents that very much had and have their own lives and livelihoods. So their lives did not revolve around their child. And I think a lot of times when you see these child actors that grow up in the industry and that maybe make bad choices, it's because they're rebelling like any normal child does, but they're actually rebelling in a way where it hurts the financial aspects of the family unit. My parents never came with me on the set of Who's the Boss? I actually had a guardian. And years later, when I asked my mom why they did that, my mom said, because it was important to me to have food on the table when you got home for dinner after work. And also I had another child and it was important for me to be able to pick up that child from school and show him that he was, you know, also an important member of the family. How do people overcome the fear of trying to break into your industry and all the rejection that comes from auditioning and really putting yourself out there? I think that part of the industry is rejection. And as soon as you can look at the two going hand in hand, then the rejection becomes less catastrophic when it happens. If you can very wisely and simply look at coming into this industry as maybe 5% glory and 95% struggle, and you have the tenacity to still feel like a complete human being, even though you will get more bad news than good news, then those are the, the actors that rise to the top that actually are able to have uh, longevity in the industry. People in the world that try to break into this business 
And if it was just about talent, all of those people would replace other people. <laughs> but I think there is an element where really not only is the, is the industry about uh, having the tenacity to deal with the disappointment, but also about being in the right place at the right time and, and a certain amount of luck. And those are people that sort of rise to the top. Sometimes those people are not as worthy um, and sort of get up every morning and try again. Then I think, I think you'll go very far in my industry. When did you decide to become a political activist? When I was 15 years old and on Who's the Boss, I was sort of this weird pop culture teen idol, I guess. I don't know if that exists anymore, but uh, I was, it was during the, the height of my popularity, which coincided with the stigma that came along with HIV AIDS. HIV AIDS at the time was considered to be um, a really uh, horrible disease. It obviously still is. Stigma surrounding it then became very politicized and was really just put against the LGBTQ community in a way that was really heartbreaking to watch. I had gotten a phone call one day from Elton John. So you, obviously you take that phone call when you're 15. Actually, you take that phone call when you're 46 even. And he said, I have a friend, his name is Ryan White, and he would like to meet you. He's a big fan of yours. And Ryan White was really the first person that came forward that was the positive that had a, a story that people could not ignore. He was kicked out of school. He, he got HIV AIDS from a, a blood transfusion, kicked out of school because the school thought that other children could contract the disease from casual contact. And he fought the school and, and won the right to, to go back to school. He also spoke in front of Congress. And when I met him, he and I became great friends. And I was so taken by his strength encouraged he inspired me greatly one day he asked me if i'd go on television and kiss him to prove that you could not get hiv aids from casual contact and i decided to do it and that was the moment that made me an activist because i realized what power my platform could have in impacting and creating a narrative that would help people and the responsibility of that platform and what it really meant. So I think that Ryan really changed my life and really put what being a celebrity means into perspective for me. How do you stay true to yourself instead of conforming? Well, that's an, an interesting question, especially dealing with this aspect of social media that I think we have this almost tribe set of values that I think is actually more hurtful than good. And in, specifically this idea of, you know, criticizing in a way that feels like you're being bullied or ganged up on. I think it can be harmful, not only to, you know, your own sense of well-being and, and worth, but also to whatever movement you're striving for. So I think it's really, really important to have people in your life that you can talk to, that you can bounce ideas off of, that you that have similar ideologies or political affiliation. But beyond that, just similar moral code. And I think 
in my weakest places in my life, meaning those those times when I have felt that perhaps I had gotten it wrong, just to be able to have people in your life to either say, yep, you got that wrong, or or no, you know, there's this is this is something that you believe strongly in that you should stay true to. Um, I think it's really important, honesty, having people in your circle that are going to be honest with you. And what's your best piece of career advice? Always have a plan B. Do not allow that one thing that you make your living off of be the one thing that makes you feel fulfilled. You always have to have other things that you can find fulfillment in so that when you feel as though your career is not on the trajectory that you would have hoped. But, you know, because we all do that when we're kids. We go, yeah, by the time I'm 25, I want to be at this point in my career. And then by the time I'm 35, I should have a house and a, you know, a wife or a husband. I think that it's good to have goals, but it's also good to find other ways to keep yourself fulfilled and keep your heart filled and your brain fired. And sometimes that's not what you do at all for a living. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Alyssa. To follow her journey, you can listen to her podcast, Sorry Not Sorry, and find her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where she shares her travels, political views, appearances, and speeches. We hope you enjoyed today's show and the amazing advice our guests provided. Remember that you can only benefit from advice if you act on it. Before you do, we would appreciate your feedback in the form of a review. You can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or a podcatcher of your choice. Your feedback would be very much appreciated. Head over to danshawbell.com slash review now.